enjoy being right. Uh, I would much rather have peace. And, and after 43 years of marriage, I've learned that. I've learned that. I'd rather have peace. Wouldn't we rather, uh, wouldn't our lives be greater if it was just like the, the last 10 minutes of a Hallmark Christmas movie? <laughs> you know, rather than uh, the, the, the part where there's a misunderstanding, you know, and the person goes back home and gets upset and mad. And then they come back, and then everything's wonderful and peaceful. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if, if our lives could be like the end of a Hallmark Christmas movie? <laughs> uh, when there is peace, there's less anxiety, there's less worry, there's less guilt, there's less sadness, there's less anger, less pain, uh, less pride, less sleepless nights when there's peace. When there's peace, there's more happiness, joy, hope, rest, security, more love that's felt and experienced when there's peace. Peace is a wonderful thing to have, and all of us want it, right? No one in here craves for conflict, do we? We all want it. We all long for it. But for so many, peace is something that is often never realized in their lives, not for very long. For so many, life is just a series of never-ending conflict with others, with themselves, with God. This Christmas, as always, we're, we're, talk, uh, we're talking about Advent. We don't always call it Advent, but uh, we're, we always talk about Advent at Christmas time, the coming of Jesus, his birth in Bethlehem that we celebrate every year during this time. When Jesus came, some wonderful gifts were made possible for you and me, for, for all of us who, who come to know Jesus as our Savior. Most importantly, it, the gift of Jesus himself as our Savior. Uh, he would save us from our sins. That's the most wonderful gift that we could possibly want. But with that wonderful gift of the forgiveness of our sins come some other wonderful gifts that every Christian can enjoy. We've talked about two of them so far, hope and love. This morning, let's celebrate another great gift of Advent, peace. The coming of Jesus made it possible for us to live in peace. The shepherds were told about this wonderful gift the night Jesus was born. Let's read about it. Matthew chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. <clears throat> and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Today, the shepherds were told, in the town of David in Bethlehem, a Savior has been born you he is the messiah the christ the chosen one 
He is the Lord. That was their main gift given to those shepherds and to the world. The purpose of the Messiah was to save us from our sins. But then the angel choir announces another wonderful gift from the Messiah. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, when the old King James Version, you know, the one lioness quotes in, in that Christmas story, says it the way that we often remember, maybe the, the way we've memorized. In fact, uh, A.J. Uh, mixed in some King James when he, in, in his Bible verses that he said, the one that we know the best, uh, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. That's the way I learned it when I was a kid. Which makes it sound a little bit like uh, Jesus came to bring peace on earth, world peace. Well, we all know that's not true, right? We know, we know that there is no world peace. Uh, untold number of lives have been lost in wars and conflicts uh, throughout history in the 2,000 years since Jesus uh, came. Even today, wars rage in many parts of the world. Drug cartels make war in South America. Uh, Russian, Russia continues to destroy and to kill uh, people in Ukraine. Uh, human traffickers destroy the lives of young women. Drug dealers take the lives of over 100,000 Americans every year. Peace on earth, world peace, has eluded the earth, really, since Adam and Eve uh, made that horrible choice in the very beginning in the garden. You know, as long as sin exists in this world, there will never be world peace. There will never be lasting peace. So, what were the angels talking about uh, when they announced that to the shepherds? Later translations... Uh, Make it a little bit clearer, I think. Because of Jesus and his arrival, there will be peace to those on whom his favor rests, the NIV says. The New American Standard says, on, on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. The New Living Translation says, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So the gift of peace promised by those angels uh, because of Jesus, is that Jesus will bring uh, not world peace to everybody uh, among nations, but for individuals whom God is pleased with. That's who receive peace. And, and when is God pleased with us? When do we find that God is pleased with us? Well, anyone who accepts his son as their savior, that's who he's pleased with. It's the follower of Jesus that is given the gift of peace or can have that gift. Even in the midst of a world filled with conflict, the follower of Jesus can still have peace. Well, how does that happen? How can you find peace in a world that's surrounded by anything but peace? Well, in a couple of ways. First, Jesus makes it possible for us to have peace with God. That's the most important peace that you and I can have. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And you might ask, well, why do we need peace with God? I mean, doesn't he love us? Well, yeah, he absolutely loves us. Um, 
But because of sin, because of sin, we cannot have a relationship with God. You know, sin on one side, on our side, and, and the holiness of God on his part, those two things cannot exist together. Sin and the holiness of God cannot exist together. Sin, our sin, must be separated from God. That's just the way it, it, it is. You know, which means because sin and God cannot be together, there can be no relationship with him, either in this life or the life that comes after this life. Um, uh, and so what, what's the, what's the, what happens? There has to be a separation. And after this life, that separation is hell. That's what it's called. It's not that God doesn't love us. Man, he absolutely loves us. God loves us more than we can possibly comprehend. It's not a matter of whether he loves us or not. It's just the fact that being together with God in our sin isn't possible for us. And in that way, because of sin, the, the scriptures say that we are his enemy. Not because he hates us, but because we just have to be separated from each other because of sin. Romans chapter 5 verse 10 says, For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? <clears throat> that scripture gives us the hope that we need and where the peace comes from. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Jesus' life here on earth, which began in Bethlehem, at Christmas time, changed all of that issue with sin and relationship with God. It changed everything. God loves us so much. You know, we wonder uh, how how could how could God allow sin to be in the world and and all the things that happen. Well, well, God loved us enough to give us His Son. He did the only thing that could possibly take care of that separation issue with God. There was only one way to keep you and me out of hell. He paid for our sins. He was punished for our sin. And by doing that, he removed the very thing that caused you and I to be separated from it. That caused you and I to be enemies of God. Our sin. So when we, you and I, by faith accept Jesus as our Savior, at our baptism, God forgives our sins. He removes that barrier from our life, and instantly, we have peace with God. Instantly. You know, we, we talked about God's wrath uh, uh, several weeks ago when we were in the book of Nahum. Uh, remember, the, the word for Nahum was dean. Uh, and uh, it was the story of, of God's wrath against the Assyrians, against the city of Nineveh, who were evil people. Um, you know, God has punishment for sin. He, he plans punishment for unforgiven sin, undealt with sin. His wrath will come down upon evil. That's just what's going to happen. 
But the moment our sins are forgiven through Jesus, God's wrath is no longer a concern for you and me. No longer a concern. You and I can sleep soundly at night knowing that as, as the old children's prayer, remember the old children's prayer, if I die before I wake, I, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That's a horrible children's prayer, isn't it? You know, when I used to say it as a kid, I didn't really think about it too much. But, I mean, you know, if I die, am I going to die, Dad, tonight? Uh, but, you know, we don't have to pray, God, if I die before I wake, I pray my soul to take. We don't have to hope and pray for it. If we're a Christian, it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed if we die before we wake or whenever we die. You know, God's going to take our soul because we gave our life to him to Jesus through faith. And so we have peace with God. Nothing to worry about. That's why it's so important to, to help other people have that same peace by sharing the message of Jesus with them. If we are a follower of Jesus, we are no longer God's enemies. That's a good thing, isn't it? <clears throat> we are saved and we are at peace with God. <clears throat> Jesus is coming, brought us peace. But his coming also brings us peace in our lives, our individual lives as well. No matter what turmoil is raging around us, in our lives we can still have peace. Let's read Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7. This is the, the Apostle Paul writing, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and if you do that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What, what a tremendous promise directly from God. You know, God tells us that if we will, by prayer, give our cares, give our frustrations, our fears to God, if we will do that faithfully, he will truly uh, take those anxieties, those, those emotions that are harmful away and give us peace. And how does he do that? Well, he does it by transforming our understanding. He does that by helping us put things in perspective. Put things in perspective. Okay, we are a loved one. Uh, find that we have a serious illness. And that's not good. That's not good. Yet God can help us see the hope that he offers, even when our life is threatened or our loved one's life is threatened. There's still hope there. And thus peace. He can help us see that compared to our eternity, our existence in eternity, this life that we live in, it's just a blimp in time, just a small dot in time. Uh, if we know Jesus, we will spend the vast majority of our existence in the presence of God, where there is no illness, and there's nothing but peace. And with that hope, there can be peace in our hearts and our minds in the time that we have left in this life, whether it's a short time or a long time. Our, our financial situation, it's not good. It's not good. The bills are due. We don't have the money to pay it. 
And we can worry about it. We can pace back and forth and, and we can go into debt with a credit card to, to try to solve that problem. That, but what does that do? That just makes it worse, right? Uh, or we can take a deep breath. We can pray and present it to God. We can ask for help and guidance on how we can deal with this situation in our lives. And then let the peace of God fill our hearts and, that, and know that he's going to help us. And he is. And before you know it, the phone rings with a job offer. Or your church family offers to help stem the tide until you get back on your feet. You know, when we give it to God and trust that he will help us, that can give us peace in our hearts and in our minds no matter what turmoil exists around us another way that we can have peace in our lives because of jesus's coming is the fact that uh, because our sins are forgiven we no longer have to hold on to that guilt that that of our past and the mistakes we've made you know, we've all made mistakes. Some of them are doozies. I know some of mine are. The pain of guilt can be a good thing during those times when we've made mistakes because guilt can motivate us to make a change and to, to do what we need to do to overcome it. Uh, it can motiv motivate us to repent. Guilt can motivate us to repent and turn back to God. That's the purpose of guilt, the good thing about guilt. But once our sins are forgiven by God, you know what? We can let that pain of guilt go. We can just let it go. God no longer considers us guilty, and so we don't have to consider ourselves guilty anymore. We can let it go and experience the peace of the freedom from guilt. How often do we continue to grieve about a mistake that we made in our past? Because of Jesus, we can truly put that behind us for good. God has, and we can too. And that can give us peace. The coming of Jesus gives us peace with God. It can give us peace in ourselves. And uh, the coming of Jesus can give us peace with each other. With each other. Let's read a couple of verses here. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it, as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then Romans 14, 19, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Some great verses there. We're called as Christians to be peacemakers, peacemakers, uh, to live at peace with each other. Um, to do whatever it takes to lead that leads to peace. You know, we might think, okay, I, I hear you. I hear you, God. But how in the world do we do that? How do we, how do we make peace, especially with some people? Because some people don't want to go along with making peace. They don't want to have anything to do with peace. Uh, they just want to fight. You know, some people are just so frustrating to be around that peace is, is hard to have with them. We've probably all experienced situations like that. Or maybe we think, you know, I've got a bad temper. 
uh, and I struggle controlling my temper, everything gets on my nerves. <laughs> How can I be a peacemaker? Because I have a hard time having peace in my own life. Peace with others. You know what? Peace with others is hard <laughs> sometimes. It really is. And that's very true. Peace is hard, especially when we try to create it with our own power and our own strength. We'll find that we'll fail every time when we do that. Let's look at Romans 8, verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. You know, because Jesus came, we can create peace and maintain it in our relationships with each other. First of all, the peace of, of God is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is something that the Holy Spirit can produce in our lives if we'll let him. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is, and there's a whole list of them, love, joy, we'll talk about that next week, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and there's, there's a few others as, as you read on. You know, the Holy Spirit that lives in every single one of us as followers of Jesus uh, gives us the power that we need to seek peace, to, to help find peace in ourselves and in our relationships. He can help us control our temper. If we're the one that's causing all the turmoil because we can't control our temper, uh, the Holy Spirit can help us control our temper and, and deal with that. He can give us patience. And one of the reasons there's so much uh, turmoil is because we just get impatient with people. They're not fast enough. They're not good enough. Uh, he can help us be kind to people that maybe aren't kind to us. People that like to push our buttons and we, we're tempted to strike back at them. Uh, the Holy Spirit can help us control our temper, help us be patient with them, help us be kind to them. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 11 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. The God of peace lives in us as Christians. You know, if we yield to God, to the Holy Spirit that lives in us, if we let him lead us, at least on our part, we have no control of other people, but at least on our part, on our end of a relationship, there can be peace. You know, it takes two to fight, right? It takes two to fight. Uh, and so, so often in a relationship, when one person decides to choose peace, maybe the other person won't, but when, when, when we do, the other often mellows. Uh, you know, it's hard to fight somebody that don't want to fight. The other one often mellows. Sometimes they lose the will to fight if, if, if it's not returned. Sometimes they might even choose peace themselves if they see it coming from you. Someone in a relationship has to choose peace first. Why not you? And me why do we have to wait for them to do it why not you 
and me. That's what God would call us to do. Let's you and I be the first to say, you know, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Let's heal this relationship. Colossians 3 verse 15, or excuse me, Philippians 4 verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, Paul says, or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Peace, peace in our relationships. It's possible. It's not easy sometimes, but it's possible, absolutely possible with the power of God. It's promised to us if we will let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. You know, hundreds of years before Jesus came, before Advent, before Jesus came on this earth, Isaiah prophesied that Jesus would come and he called him these wonderful names, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace, the prince of peace. I love that name. You know, Satan is called what? The father of lies. You know why he's called that? Because that's what he does. <laughs> that's what he does. He lies. Jesus is called the prince of peace. You know why he's called that? Because that's what he does. He brings us peace. So let's embrace the Prince of Peace in our lives each day and know the wonderful gift of peace in our lives. Peace with God, peace with ourselves, and peace with others. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for peace. It's something that we all crave and want and desire, but it, is, it, it eludes so many people, Lord, uh, because we... We don't know how to have peace. We don't, I mean, we don't have the Spirit in us. Or if He's there, we just ignore Him. But Lord, help us see from Your Word that You can give us peace in our lives. We can sleep well at night. Uh, we, we don't have to be in, uh, in, in, in relationships where there is fighting and, and uh, unrest. Uh, we can, even if it's just our own part, uh, bring peace to relationships if we go first uh, lord help us to to know and 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 realize that our sins are forgiven and we don't have to worry about your wrath we can just think about the wonderful blessings of living in peace so father thank you for this gift that came because of advent we ask all this in jesus name amen